How many of you have ever made a promise that you did not keep? <laughs> you know, we do. As kids, we make promises that we don't keep. And we've promised our parents sometimes things that we did not do. Hence the I'm sorry, mom, right? That video. But then we, we kind of want to hide a little bit from our parents because we've broken that promise. And then we get older and we make promises to other family, to friends, to our spouses. We make promise. We are sincere. We say, yes, I will. And then we don't. And there's also a break in the relationship there. And the same thing goes with God as well. We make promises in our faith, right? That we will follow Christ that we will proclaim him, that we will live according to his word. Have any of you ever made a promise like that somewhere, at least on that spectrum? And then you haven't kept it. And I'm in the same boat. And we want to hold back then. We want to stay just a little bit back from God because we know that we have not reached where we should be. And we kind of want to shut the door sometimes, especially when we know we have greatly broken a promise. We lack courage of faith. We lack the conviction of faith. And so we, like the disciples, want to shut the door and hide. The trouble is this. The trouble is the reality of our failures becomes our identity rather than the reality of redemption in Christ Jesus. We take a look at all the promises we have done, and really, if you play back your life, how many of you would focus more on the successes rather than the failures? Isn't it that seems as the older we get, we take a look at the failures, and we somehow, that becomes our identity, and that's what happens in Christ, that we forget our identity. We forget that we are redeemed and renewed in him. This morning is about identity. Because you and I have been called in Christ to be his witnesses. And sometimes we forget that identity. And most of us don't feel up to the task. I don't even have to show, do a show of hands, right? Who of you feels up to the task of proclaiming Christ to the world? Right? I don't have to ask for a show of hands. And because we have that, I know our identity is off. So today is about identity. Today is about also Peter. You remember Peter, right? Jesus said, who do people say I am? You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. And then later on, Jesus, Peter says to Jesus, no, you can't go to Jerusalem. You can't die. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan, right? What a rebuke. And then... During the Last Supper, this is what he says. He boasts that he will give his life for Christ. Mark chapter 14. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And this is what Peter said. 
But he said emphatically, if I must die, I will not deny you. And then what did happen? What happened just a few hours later? A few hours later, he denied him. But what we sometimes don't read is from Mark chapter 14, verse 71. But he, Peter, began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. He invoked a curse upon himself. He was basically saying, God, strike me dead if I was ever a disciple, if I was ever a follower of Jesus. He was proclaiming as loudly as and emphatically as he could to all who would hear that he was a liar. This is what Peter did. He broke a solemn promise that he had given to Christ. I would rather die for you than deny you. And yet, he did. So how do you recover from that? How do you recover from that? I I couldn't by myself, could you? And the fact is, without Christ Jesus, we can't recover from that. So this is a story from our old nature to our new nature, to be restored in Christ Jesus to the calling to which he has called you for the work to which you have been called. This morning is about being renewed in the identity of Christ. First, we're going to start, though, with our old identity. John chapter 21, verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of John, do you love me more than these? You ever been in a classroom and the teacher uses your full name? Or your parents, right? Your mom, look, if your mom used your full name, you were in trouble, weren't you? You, didn't know, you maybe didn't know what you did, but bad, that stopped the conversation. Clayton James Wilfer, whoa, boy, I better pay attention to this. Jesus doesn't say Peter. He says Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. That was actually Peter's given name, Simon, son of John. And by the way, uh, if we were back in Minnesota, it would be, it would have been uh, Simon Johnson, Simon, son of John, right? It plays better in the Midwest, but there you go. But he says, Simon, son of John, and he's referring to his given name, his first name, his name of earthly nature. As a matter of fact, he renamed him. Do you remember? Jesus renamed him. In the beginning of John, when he first meets, you are Simon, son of John, you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. But also, there's the naming again, the old nature to the new nature. Matthew chapter 16. But who do you say? But who do people say that I am? Who do you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus answered him, "Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah. Bar just means son. Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah. Blessed are you, Simon, son of John." 
But did he say, you are blessed because how smart you are, how well you have discovered this truth? He didn't say that at all. He said, your old nature can't do it by yourself. He said this, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Our old nature, apart from God, can do nothing. It is only in Christ Jesus, through the gracious gift of God, that we even have a new nature. After Peter had declared, you are the Christ, the Son of God, Jesus says, and I tell you, Peter. Now he uses the new name, Peter. You see, here's the point. Apart from God, our old nature reigns, but in Christ Jesus, we have a new nature and a new identity. Did you know that you have a new name in Christ Jesus? Your new name is redeemed. I'm just not Clayton. I'm redeemed. Now, I forget that a lot. I don't know about you. Do you forget that you were redeemed? I forget that. And so what God does when I break my promises, he comes to me and says, Clayton James Wilfer. And I go, okay, I better listen to this. And he doesn't do it to simply rebuke me, but to bring me back, to restore me to the name that I was given And that name is redeemed. So the question is this morning, where do you struggle in regards to your old nature? And how does your old nature keep you apart from Christ? Are you ready to remember who you are in Jesus, your new identity? Going on, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? So what is Jesus talking about? I mean, they're having breakfast on the beach, right? Do you love me more than the fish? Do you love me more than the bread, the boat? I think the context here is, do you love me more than the other disciples? Do you love me above the other disciples whom you've been with for the past three years. Now, this doesn't sound too bad, does it? I mean, he's calling Peter. Do you love me more than these? But now, if you're sitting next to somebody, and if I would ask you to turn to them and say, do you love Jesus more than that person sitting next to you? That makes it a little bit more real, doesn't it? See, do you love Jesus more than your wife, more than your husband, more than your children, more than this community here? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't love, but is it a greater love? And it is a question that really does confront us. Do you love me more than these? And Simon, son of John, said, yes, You know, Lord, that I love you. Now, our language here says love in both cases, but there's a distinction that's being made in the text that's very hard for us to hear. 
There's actually two types of love being talked about here. One is agape, which is what Jesus says. Do you agape me? Do you love me in a self-sacrificing love? Peter answers with filio. So filio, which is brotherly love. Philadelphia, right? The city of brotherly love. So Jesus says, do you love me in a self-sacrificing way? And Peter says, I have affection for you. Can you hear the distinction there? Now, by the way, I just want to be uh, fair. There are many commentators that say that, that there is no distinction between the two, that you can use the two interchangeably. There is a, also as great of a number of commentators says, no, 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 there is a difference between the two. First, they were specifically called out as differences. Why wouldn't John have simply written agape in both cases? But when we take a look at, the, at Scripture, at both Old Testament and New Testament, anytime there is a promise, anytime there is a commandment of God, it is agape. It is a love that is self-sacrificing. So I think that there really is a difference here. And I think it needs to be called out. Simon, son of John, do you have a self-sacrificing love for me? I have affection for you. So he asks him twice, agape, agape, And then finally, the Lord says, Simon, son of John, do you have affection for me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know everything. You know that I have affection for you. You have to remember, Jesus is being very compassionate here, extremely compassionate, because what had Peter done before? He said, Three, he said, I will not deny you. I would rather die. And then around a charcoal fire at night, he denies him three times. What he has boasted so greatly before has come to nothing around that charcoal fire. And now in the light of day, around another charcoal fire, he brings him back and asks him, Three times, do you love me? And what what Peter says is, Lord, you know everything. You you know, my heart is so great for you. I I, I love you, but I can't say how great that is because I failed so much before. And what Peter has come to, he has come to the end of himself and he can only cling to, to the greater love which is in Christ Jesus. And that's what he clings to, the greater love in Christ Jesus. Do you love me? Do you love Jesus? Most of us reflexively would say, well, of course I do. But do you love him? With that agape love. Do you love him so much that you can only cling to his greater love? 
See, when we stop justifying ourselves and our actions, when we come before him seeking his forgiveness for our sin, we are then restored in our new identity. And he doesn't just leave Peter there. Because when you take a look at the text, he's saying, there is work for you to do. Restored in me, restored in a new identity, there is work for you to do. He says, feed my lambs. Now your text would say, tend my sheep, but more realistically, it's shepherd the sheep. And then feed the sheep. He says, out of love for me, do this, Peter. Now, I have to admit, before I knew much scripture, before I uh, really got into scripture, when I read this, to me it was like, okay, well, it's about food, right? And taking care of the food and the clothing and other things that are needed. I mean, and we are called as Christians to do that, right? We are called to clothe the naked to give food to the hungry, to visit those in prisons. Matthew 25, it says, then the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. I mean, Clearly, we are supposed to do this. This is also why we are going to desert manna. We are being the hands and feet of Christ out into the world. But is that what Jesus is talking about here to Peter? And I think it is clearly not. I think it is clearly a greater truth, a greater calling, a greater nature and it is the spiritual care for one another. Listen, I remember I was uh, listening to a panel one time, and there was a woman on the panel, and she was talking to people from uh, Lutheran Social Services, and it was about Lutheran Social Services, and she said, you know, you, you were great. You helped me with the food. You helped me with my furnishings. I needed a sofa. You gave me a sofa. But she said something that has stuck with me ever since. She said, but you never, you never gave me what I needed the most, which was the gospel. The calling we have is for the gospel. If we are a church that is simply feeding and clothing but not spreading the word? We've just become a social servants agency. And that's not the calling to which Jesus called Peter. Peter was to take care of the flock, to help them understand what it meant to be in Christ Jesus. And here's where I believe that we as a church have gotten very off track. We think it's only the pastor's job Now, there's a calling here for the pastor. There's very clear calling for the pastor to shepherd the flock. And yet, is it just the pastor's job? And I would say, no. Mothers, are you not to raise your children in faith? 
Are you not to shepherd them? Fathers are to do the same thing as well. And we are to do it with our family. And we are to do it with our loved ones. See, what has been lost in all of this is the understanding that you are all called to the priesthood. It is called the priesthood of all believers. It is found in Scripture, 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, I think if we take this reading regarding Peter and just keep it for Peter, we have missed the calling of the church. We are all called in our own way and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit to feed and nourish the sheep. We are all called in our own way and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit to feed and nourish the sheep. This is for family. This is for our friends. This is for our loved ones. So here's the journey Peter's been taking. From our old nature, we are given a new identity in Christ. And in that identity, we are called for the spiritual work, the ministry of tending and feeding the sheep. And we do this always following him. For that is the command, follow me. I'm just, uh, verse 18 through 22. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourselves and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them the one who also leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he said to him, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will, he remains until I come. What is that to you? You follow me. Now, there is much that could be on, said on this section. Uh, first of all, Jesus told the type of death that, G- that Peter would die, and it was a death of crucifixion. By tradition, Peter didn't want to be crucified right side up. He wanted to be crucified upside down. But it is a call to follow Jesus no matter what. And this is the call, to follow Jesus no matter what. We are each to focus on following Jesus no matter what others do or don't do. Just like your mom said, right? If they all ran off a cliff, would you run off a cliff too? Right? You do something like that? Jesus said, follow me no matter what. Peter, follow me and you're going to be crucified. Yeah, but what about John? He's fought. What is that to you? You follow me. We are to focus on following Jesus no matter where he leads no matter the cost. And we do this because he says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me?
If so, follow me. Amen. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. If you have any questions or you would like to grow deeper in your faith, please visit our website at joyccc.com. Again, that's joyccc.com. God's peace and joy in Christ Jesus be with you.